Welcome, my name is Blair Cook, and today I'm with Jane Scoblow, who is currently the CFO of Rogers Bank, where she serves as a key member of the executive leadership team and provides the financial, strategic, and leadership insight to enable the company's growth. Jane's experience spans Canada, the US, and international. Her areas of focus are in financial services, customer loyalty, and financial technology areas. In her previous senior executive roles with companies such as BMO, CIBC, and American Express, Jane provided financial and strategic thought leadership and executive team counsel on key business and growth initiatives to ensure business growth while overseeing all aspects of the financial operations, corporate governance, and compliance with regulatory requirements. Jane Scoblo holds a Bachelor of Business Administration degree from York University, and she is a CPA, CA, and holds a CA information technology designation. In 2016, Jane also received the ICD.D designation. Welcome, Jane. Glad to be here. Today we're going to be talking about big data and realizing the benefits of big data in the age of machine learning and artificial intelligence. So let's just talk for a moment just around defining what is big data. Well, big data is a term for data sets that are so large or complex that traditional data processing software is unable to deal with. And it is a relatively new term, coined about 15 years ago, and it coincides with the beginning of the digital age, which is basically an explosion in digital data. And as a matter of fact, 90% of the world's data has been generated in the last two years. And by 2020, there'll be 4,300% increase in the amount of data we produce annually. And so besides the volume of data and the velocity or speed at which this data is generated, big data is also defined by its variety, which can no longer be characterized into conventional relational databases. So it includes things like text, email, presentation, web pages, videos, photos. So it's pretty well everything around you that not necessarily is numbers. Absolutely. So much, much bigger than what traditional financial much folks bigger. were We're talking about every piece of data that comes across every department. Correct. All right. And then more specifically, we talk about this idea of artificial intelligence and machine learning. What's, what's the difference between artificial intelligence and machine learning? So the, the two terms are uh, often used interchangeably, but they're not quite the same thing. So artificial intelligence is the broad concept of machines being able to carry out tasks in the way that we would consider smart. And it refers to multiple technologies, of which machine learning is one, and they can be combined in a different way. So to sense, to perceive the world around by acquiring and processing images, sounds, and speeches. The most recent application of that is the facial ID that is now going to be on iPhone 10. Systems that can comprehend, analyze, and understand information collected. And examples of that are Siri and Alexa that, that can pick up human language and understand the questions being asked and then produce the results. And then systems that can act and take actions in both physical world, like plane autopilots, or you know assisted parking on cars or through expert system where they can provide suggestions uh, to the people that, that are using them so 
machine learning is a general purpose application of artificial intelligence and it is based on the ability of the software to keep improving its performance without having to be explicitly programmed for every outcome. So then rather than you know, requiring developers to write new code for every single instance, machine learning relies on algorithms that are capable of getting smarter by ingesting this real world data. So the more data you feed into the system, the smarter it becomes. And for those of us in finance, because a lot of that, you know, we all understand Siri and some of those applications, but has it has this idea of machine learning and, and artificial intelligence, has it permeated the financial department? Well, there already are applications and software that uh, are, that exist in the accounting and that do use machine learning. So there's applications that post recurring journal entries because they, the machine understands that these are the entries that happen uh, every month. There's uh, software that looks at your accounts payable and optimizes the payments based on your cash flow on the terms. There's software that looks at the same at their accounts receivable and does the same thing. So there are already widespread applications of uh, instances where machine learning is applied and there's some really sort of a leading edge applications of it where software can look at thousands of contracts across the entire organization and identify clauses that are not standard or have been overwritten, where it can pull data from thousands of suppliers and look at the price differences for the same product across the entire population. So there's quite a few uses of this technology already in accounting and finance. Yeah, so really it's, it's, it's across the finance. All aspects yes. of the financial function, all aspects of the organization as a whole there's applications already in place that are using these technologies. That's correct. Now, what kind of questions get asked and answered when we talk about big, big data? Well, I think um, a lot of questions that, that get asked and answered relate to the financial performance. Fundamentally, you know, accountants, that's what we're responsible for. But I think what big data does and, and what machine learning allows us to do is enhance the performance indicators with other reference point. It adds color to the business performance. It adds a story to why companies operate the way they are. And you know, it connects the seemingly unrelated facts to the business drivers. So one example is for some companies that are in hotel industries. They were able to determine that Mac users book more expensive hotels. This seems to be sort of a completely relevant fact, but when you dig into it with the help of machine learning, you realize that Mac users have greater financial resources. And because Macs cost more than Windows-based PCs, they tend to spend more. And so that translates into a completely whole and different view of the business um, than, than you had before. Uh, and there's lots of examples like that. Yes, and then so it's it's bringing together both a financial view and a non-financial view to, like you say, build this story. Build the story. And build a powerful story. So um, I think you you talked about in your in your in your talk today. You talked about you know answering getting getting higher value questions answered, going from kind of what is happening 
to the future of what should we do in this progression? Maybe you can kind of walk us through that that series of questioning. The traditional approach is, you know, answer descriptively, you know, what are yeah. we doing, and then moving up the chain. So yeah. how can we? How can big data move us up that value chain, or help us in finance move up that value right. chain? The value of big data and and the analytics that can be pulled from big data really come from moving up, as you said, this value chain. So right now, you know, accounts usually answer sort of what happened question, looking back on or what is happening right now questions, and, and we do it through a form of variance analysis and transaction reporting and dashboards that sort of look at our performance today. The value of using big data and really helping the companies lies in predictive, which is answering what will happen and prescriptive analysis, which will answer the question, what should we do? So the more machine ingests the information and learns, the better it becomes in answering those questions. And so it frees up time for people, not number one, from not doing the fundamental analytics, but also brings up the data that the people can then look at and analyze in, in a different way. And that's sort of the evolution of analytics and accounting. Yeah, so let's talk about, see if we can, again, quantify, being that we're all accountants uh, listening to this. Is there statistics? Is there indications that there's a, a value, a payback on investing in better understanding big data and investing in some of these tools and uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning? Well, for every company, data is really a strategic asset. In raw form, data has little value. But when you do add business intelligence to it through machine learning, it can really turn data into insight and help drive the business performance improvements. And then also making the information transparent to all stakeholders and usable at a far greater frequency is really how the companies can derive value from data. Every organization and almost every industry today is is facing competitive pressures to reduce costs, to improve service, to transform their processes, to be faster, cheaper, better. For a typical Fortune 100 company, just a 10% increase in data accessibility will result in more than 65 million additional net income. And poor data can cost business 20 to 35% of their operating revenue. The widest use of big data is in the retail, and the retailers who leverage the full power of big data can increase their operating margins by as much as 60%. That's and, astounding. Yeah, that's astounding. That is, that's incredible. So, yeah, there certainly is lots of uh, applications that have tremendous paybacks for different types of organizations when you give some thought to it. Yes. One of the challenges we've had in the past with big data and artificial intelligence and this machine learning is that we always have in the back of the mind that the human being can do it more accurately. And what's been the experience that we've seen in, in more recent developments on this? I think... The more recent trends that we have seen have shown that now machines have really at least equaled or surpassed humans when it comes to things like vision or speech recognition. And when you think about practical applications of machine learning in areas like forecasting, the machines have been able to reach 90% accuracy, whereas on average human uh, forecasters are operating around 60%. So 
there is a significant gap between where the machines are going. And it's simply because they can just ingest so much data and able to process it so much faster and build this relationship, do the regression analysis, understand the linkages just much faster. I think where the human still comes in is the ability to interpret those results in a way that it would be meaningful to the company. The machines are not quite there yet. No, but I, I can certainly, uh, that certainly resonates with me because I know I have experience in a manufacturing environment where we had sales forecasting accuracy of around 60, it was in the 60%. Yes. But that yep. drives everything. It drives your production schedules, it your drives your inventory, flows, your supply chain, your, and then ultimately cash flows. And most importantly, your share price. Absolutely. Yep. And so you take a look at that. If you can get 90% accuracy, I mean, it just tightens up your, your, entire, your entire business processes. Let's talk about this. Now, you've, you've mentioned Fortune 100 companies and some of those, but a lot of our listeners are going to be in small businesses or medium-sized businesses. And what kind of role does this idea of big data, is this only for the, the large company or is there applications at, at, a, at a micro level? I don't think small businesses need to be scared about big data. First of all, a lot of big data is available publicly. So there is a lot of databases that could be drawn on publicly. To, to build sort of the analytics. And uh, my advice for small business is that is considering doing sort of big data analytics is no different than for big business, for big Fortune 100 businesses. The first step is knowing the problem you're trying to solve. You need to know what it is, what is the pain point you're trying to find the answer to. And then trying to make sense of big data can be totally overwhelming to, to an entrepreneur or small business. And so best way to think of big data is as a tool to solve a challenge. And there are a lot of tools also publicly available, like Google Analytics. True. The second is start small and, and then grow. And the best way to do it is you start with a hypothesis. And then you try to... Uh, do a trial analysis of the data that you think will support your hypothesis. If the test is a failure, you haven't risked much. But if it's a success, then you can use the data and you have a path for future research. Also, you have to think about small business actually may have an advantage because they're focusing on very specific problems and once they have the right data, they can act on it much faster. And do you believe that the finance function is probably the best uh, situated to answer these sorts of questions or pose these sorts of hypotheses? I think CPAs, accounting accounts are in a unique position in the organization. They're at the center. They see everything that's going on. And so they can have a really holistic view of the entire organization, of all the businesses, customers, you know, shareholders, uh, and, and now they have a view of financial data and non-financial data. And so they're in the best position to be able to build these linkages and answer the financial question by bringing in this other data that will kind of paint the story. But a lot of us in, in accounting, you know, we, we know our debits and credits and we can do, we can run cash flows and, and, and Excel models, but getting under the hood of some of these systems is daunting when they start talking about middleware and, and IT stacks. What's the role of uh, IT here? Is it a supporting role or is it a, uh, a leadership role with you? Or how do you engage, how, how do you actually get access to all the data that is resident in all these different systems and on the internet? So there's 
a few questions in there. So first of all, I think uh, in this day and age, IT certainly plays a supporting role in some cases. When it comes to machine learning, when it comes to artificial intelligence, we're not looking to accounts to implement the software. But accountants should be able to define for IT, this is the problem that I need, and then analyze, as I said previously, the data that is coming back and understanding, is that data helping me, supporting my question, or just completely irrelevant? I think what, what accounts need to become is data literate. Like, they will need both theoretical and practical understanding of the data, where it comes from, what does it represent, and how it can drive financial performance. I don't think they will need to know how to install middleware, but I think they will need the skills on how to turn big data into concise action driving insights. The other part, I think, for a technology point of view, I think it isn't just changing every job function, including accounting. Technology itself is changing so rapidly. And so instead of you know, expecting to use the same tool for the next decade, like accounts maybe are used to. The accounts of the future will need to be ready to use new technology every year. And so that means that we need to embark on a constant process of learning and adoption and flexibility to be able to use those tools in our roles. So as a CFO of, uh, at Rogers Bank, Again, how do you embed this idea of big data? How does that factor into your day-to-day thinking in that leadership role? Well, being, being part of a bank, we put customer uh, at the center. And so for us, the more information we can gather around understanding our customer, yes. the more, the better it is for us, better it is for the operations of, of the bank. And as I mentioned, it could be a completely irrelevant data. It's the data about whether our card member is a homeowner or renter, whether they shop at the particular store, how often do they shop in the beginning of the month versus the end of the month. So the more data you gather that helps you understand your customer, then the better you are to make financial decisions, the better you are making strategic decisions. You are then able to segment your population so finite that then you can focus your marketing effort in a very small and precise way as opposed to sort of marketing to every person out there. So being knowledgeable about your customers leads to better segmentation of your population of your customers, leads to better financial decisions you're making, and leads to better financial results. And, and you can take those financial results and break them down by, say, the customer segmentation right. that you've just talked about. Exactly. And you can see right away whether or not... You can see how profitable your Mac users are. That's right. Or you can see how profitable the campaign that you just launched is, because you get the results almost instantaneously, or you get results within a very short period of time. So you can course correct as well much faster. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that certainly is the next, that, that's the big benefit I see coming out of this kind of conversation around big data and, and, and artificial intelligence and all the things we've been talking about. In terms of how you, like, who does this analysis in your group? Like, is this, is this an accountant that's doing all this analysis? Or how did you train or promote people into these kind of roles that are doing this kind of really interesting analysis? Well, it is, it is a finance team that does a lot of it. A lot of it is done in collaborative way with marketing, other areas that sort of look at big data. And I think that is 
a big benefit of having big data is that you build this relationship with areas that in the previous life accountants would never go and talk to. So depending on what analysis we do, we either co-lead or finance would lead it. And you need, you know, as I, as I mentioned, you need people that are tech savvy, not, not understand how the data is accumulating, what it resides, how you pull it. You need people who are data savvy, they know what questions to ask, and then you look at the data and make sure the data you're pulling is answering the right question. And so, for the most part, those people do reside in, in finance and accounting. And But do they require a lot more training to get this this idea of the big data under no, the belt? Or I, you know, the tools are intuitive enough that they can kind of run with them? I think this, you know, the new generation um, of accountants are operating on a very intuitive basis. And, and the tools are very intuitive, built in a way where you can pull columns and, and, and put together data and... and see what it looks like, and if you don't like what it looks like, you just break it up and you put different information together. So I think they already have grown up in a digital age, and so a lot of those skills are sort of embedded in them. And so it's not a big stretch for them then to sort of think about data. And they really think about it as just data. It's, it's all the data points that you can imagine. You just have to put them in the right way. Is there a lot of integration of systems required to pull data in from your, I don't know what kind of a, an ERP system, but mm-hmm. if you're grabbing stuff from the internet or different disparate systems around, you got to pull that data into one place so that the, your, your financial analyst can can do this sort of analysis? Yes, you do You do need, I mean, this is where I think technology that's does, that's when IT does come in, yeah. is helping you to pull the data together and populate what is now known as like data lakes, which is just basically, think of it like literally as a lake filled with data. And it could be all sorts of data. So once you define that this is the data that I need, IT will then pull the data for you, and then you can pull from that data lake the information that you require. So there is definitely a collaboration with IT as well. Maybe some of the, the benefits that wouldn't necessarily come to mind, like for instance, uh, you know, historically or traditionally, we always think of, you know, we have a front office, we have a back office, maybe a middle office if you're in the banking industry. Does this integration of big data, does this somewhat dissipate some of those walls between organizations? Are we working more collaboratively on the front lines? I think big data forces you to, to work more collaboratively. I mean, you've heard probably of agile teams where people from different units or different parts of the organization reside together and they work on the problem in a very dynamic interactive kind of way so I do think that big data kind of forces you into that environment where you have to collaborate much more with other people around the table and because also the feedback is so much faster you want to be able to if you build the product you want to be able to iterate on that product much faster if you get feedback much faster you want to change it so it resonates with your customers much faster and the only way you can do that is really by using the big data very quickly and then getting the feedback making changes quicker and going back out so i do believe that it is resulting in a much more collaborative environment and those of us in in accounting and finance who you know, maybe haven't been thinking about big data as much, this might seem somewhat threatening. Are these machines or these robots going to take my job somewhere in the near future, given the pervasiveness we're starting to see in some of the larger companies? Is my job at risk in the next couple of years? Well, you know, it's not the first time the accounting profession is sort of facing this type of uh, situation. When spreadsheets 
came about in 1985. The demand for mundane kind of bookkeeping went away. But on the other hand, there was an explosion in business analysts or people who can manipulate the data, who can produce data insights. And that's simply because when technology comes in, it makes things cheaper. And as humans, we then tend to just consume more of it and create new uses for it. So I don't think that artificial intelligence or machine learning is going to displace accounts. I think we need to think of it as empowering us to do things like analytics, interpretation of results, strategy, drive the business in the right direction. But I don't think it's going to displace us anytime soon. But does it change the mix of skills that we need to have? Because you mentioned a lot of stuff in there on strategy and the position we have in the organization. It really is an opportunity for yeah. finance to, to elevate its stature across the organization. That's correct. And we, we, you know, I mentioned a couple of those being data literate, understanding the analytics, tax savvy, business acumen, we always talk about it, and, and contributing to the business at a strategic level requires more than just understanding of the numbers. We will need that holistic view of a business as a whole. CPAs will need to see the interplay between different parts of organization. But using big data will just give them richer, more diverse, more accurate performance indicators. And I think that's the skill, how to use that data to to answer a lot of business questions. That's something that CPAs will need to to evolve to or amplify. I think the other part is that, you know, the other skill that I mentioned is more around sort of effective communication. We need to be able to skillfully convey the data insights in, in a simple and transparent ways, and there's a lot of tools for us to do that, but I think we still do need to create this compelling business story, because numbers are just numbers, and graphs at the end of the day are just graphs. But building a business story is, I think, something that CPAs should be focusing on. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Now, and and how would you, you've been in the financial industry for quite a while now. And so, again, the financial industry is heavy in data, given the nature of the industry. But how have you built up your tech savviness over the years? And how can we, as, as CPAs who've maybe taken interest in this, how can we build our tech savviness? I have been in the financial industry for a long time. And... I was just always curious about how I can use technology to help my everyday job. Because I always looked at it as enabling me to do something better or something quicker, faster. And so when you think, when you change your mindset to think about, I have this great tool, or I have these great tools, or I have this massive amount of data, how does it help me on the day-to-day to do my analysis better, to deliver more insightful information to the business. That's the change in mindset that I think would help the accounts to think about changes going forward. And I think the way you acquired it is very much like machine learning. It's a trial and error. You try something, it doesn't work, you try something else. There is no right or wrongs. It's just for accounts, it's being curious about what can it do for me and then just going and and doing it. And so as you build this awareness, how does your awareness of these technologies that are emerging, you know, almost every month or every year, how does that factor into your own 
financial strategy as as the CFO? Like, how, when do you when do you, you you raise your awareness of a, of an issue? Do you pull the trigger and start looking down the road as to what you want to do to kind of transform finance in a certain direction? Yes, I think as you develop strategies. Before, I, I remember we used to do like a ten-year strategy. Then I think we went to five-year strategy. Now a three-year horizon may be too long because everything changes so quickly. So you always need to be anticipating change, not reactive to change. Uh, I think that's another sort of change in the mindset. And anticipating change is being literate about what's going on in technology, what's going on in the world of data, what are some of the applications that exist. Sometimes I would look and see applications in, in other fields and I think about how does that, how can that apply to, to accounting world. So it's learning from others, it's learning from what's out there, and then trying to figure out how you can use that in finance, in business, in the next two, three years in, in sort of strategic way. Have you guys adopted electronic signatures at the bank? It's... Or is it still in the works? It's or coming. It's coming? It's yes. Coming. <laughs> no shortage of well, paper it's not, in that it's industry. Not, and, and no, and when you think about it, it's not just electronic signature. I mean, you're talking about moving to digital identity, which is a completely different way of thinking about how we identify humans, recognize humans when it comes to authentication. And there's countries in the world that with people born, they're born now with digital identity. So uh, this field is, is growing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jane. That was a fascinating insight into big data and artificial intelligence and machine learning and trying to demystify some of those concepts for our listeners. Thank you for having me.